Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The pride, passion, and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, our one podcast. This might be college football, Afternoon, middle of the week, a lot happening, and we have uh, some pretty amazing guests for you today. Uh, We thank all of you for being here, and let's get right to it as we begin this Wednesday afternoon with some news that you may have heard of by now, but it is going to get very interesting very quickly. What is up with the Big Ten SEC partnership? We'll talk to Pete Thamel about that coming up here in just a few minutes and later the commissioner. The NCAA and its dwindling power. Have you heard that before? Yes, you better Stuart Mandel, who wrote this piece, will join us about what went wrong for the organization that used to run everything and now seems to be hanging on by a thread. From Sportico, Michael McCann writing about the NCAA early victory against Tennessee. Could prove short-lived. They uh, were able to delay a TRO yesterday, but they uh, may have won the early battle. They may not win the war. Michael McCann joining us right now. Michael, always great to have you. Uh, So much to talk about. But let's start with the uh, decision by by a judge in Tennessee not to allow a temporary restraining order. Uh, Go through that. What what does that mean? And ultimately, what is ahead? Sure, Paul. Thanks for having me back on. So the the major point of this is that the NCAA gets a reprieve of sorts in that Tennessee wanted a temporary restraining order that would have prevented the NCAA from enforcing rules that make it, make it uh, against the rules for colleges and collectives to offer NIL as inducements to go to a particular school. So if the judge had granted that order, that would have been a major, major change in that colleges and collectives would then be able to directly offer NIL money to athletes as an inducement. They didn't get that, but they only didn't get that, Tennessee, because of they couldn't show something called irreparable harm, which is harm that money damages can't later cure. And the judge said, well, you didn't show that, Tennessee, but I actually agree with you on the key antitrust issues. It's really anti-competitive for the NCAA to not allow schools and collectives to offer inducements to players. So he really just debunked NCAA arguments that they need to preserve amateurism through limiting NIL opportunities. And I I was really struck by his language. It's certainly, it's one of these decisions where you win, but you really lose. So let's get into, as much as we can, the thought process of the judge saying that then, even before we get to the next step of this case, it means a lot, but explain his reasoning for it. Yeah, so so it means a lot because the... Tennessee and Virginia, the other plaintiff, are seeking a declaration that these NCAA rules violate antitrust law because colleges and conferences join together 
to limit what each individual school could offer, right? So in a world where those rules didn't exist, a school could work with a collective directly and, and just simply offer money through NIL money to recruits to go to a school or transfer uh, prospects. The NCAA doesn't allow that right now. So that, that's really what, what is that issue. And the judge is saying those rules that the NCAA has are, are problematic because they limit how much money athletes could get. So the market is constrained in a way that wouldn't exist but for those rules. So he really, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Judge Corker really endorsed the viewpoint of Justice Brett Kavanaugh in the Austin decision, which is sort of a, a, a real rebuke. And what this means is that when he has another hearing on this, and there will be one soon, uh, he could issue an order saying, look, these rules are illegal. Now, the NCAA ha has a, uh, an arsenal to challenge that. They could appeal for one. So it's not necessarily over, but it is not good for the NCAA. So uh, this, this hearing that's coming up, what, what happens then and, and how soon afterwards could uh, Judge Corker make uh, his decision? You know, he'll probably wait to make a decision until sometime thereafter, probably days or weeks, just because he'll want it in writing because he knows that the NCAA is going to challenge it. But what I think we'll know, Paul, although the hearing's not, you know, uh, televised, I think we'll know from reporting that he'll, he'll likely signal which way he's going to rule. And I don't know how he walks back from what he wrote in that temporary restraining order. I don't know how he now would, would, would declare, oh, you know what? The NCAA is right, because the way he wrote that, he left very little margin of room for the NCAA to now rebut what he said. So they can try, but I think the writing's on the wall. And, and Michael, uh, I, I realized uh, he was being asked about the TRO. Did he have to go that far in his uh, written opinion, or could he, could he have saved that for later? Because he was really just judging... We're making a judgment on on whether irreparable harm had come. Had he not, was he not? Yeah, it's a great it's a great great question because he could have just said, "Look, there's no irreparable harm because we're talking about NIL and NIL is about money. And if an athlete can't get as much NIL money as they'd be able to get without a rule, they could be paid later. So it's not irreparable. But instead, he went on to say, "Yeah, it's not irreparable, but it's really bad. And it's really bad because it's anti-competitive." because it amounts to price fixing. It, it, was, it was a decision that he, he went in, I think, he went into uh, a level of depth that was not necessary for the specific ruling. So, Michael, if you're sitting over there on the NCAA uh, attorney side, which uh, you, by now you're used to having your head bashed in uh, by courts, <laughs> uh, what do you do knowing that you're going into really a hostile environment, so to speak? Well, I think they have to be prepared for a ruling that their restraints on NIL, at least in terms of inducement, pay for play, are going to be ruled illegal under antitrust law. And then they'll formulate an appeal. They'll ask likely for a stay that the decision doesn't go into effect until an appeal can be heard. So they'll, they'll come up with the strategy of basically mitigation, trying to make this less bad for their rules. But I think as we saw in the case involving the restriction on transfers, the NCAA really backed down there, right? The NCAA could have fought that harder, but they said for the rest of the season, we'll, we'll remove that rule. Maybe, maybe they do that here. Maybe they just say, you know what? Fine. It, let, let's have a free market and see how that works. <clears throat> and maybe, maybe the strategy there is 
is if they want Congress to act, uh, show that things are bad without these rules. I mean, that's that's one strategy is to say you want a free market, then you're going to get it. And maybe then they'll get more support in Congress. But the risk there, Paul, of course, is that it works, that the free market works well and you can't walk back from that. Yeah. And uh, so assuming that all this goes out, all this goes down as we, we think it will or you think it will, um, essentially you can just do whatever you want, which we both know is pretty much what is happening anyway, other than you have this theory or this uh, myth of NCAA enforcement. Yeah, that's right. I think if we're being honest about it, this is already happening. There's already a free market. There's an absence of, of real enforcement. We've seen some some examples of enforcement, but but not a whole lot. And it's already happening anyway. So in a way, the, the actual practical change from the order, it will be big news in terms of the law, but in terms of what's going on day to day, it may not amount to that much. I do think the NCAA, if it loses, it can it, it will use that as a vehicle to say, Look, you know, you want a world without rules, you have to live with it. And maybe that helps them when they lobby members of Congress. I don't know. I'm just thinking aloud that in a way they might be able to use this as an opportunity. And Michael, I hate to keep bringing up today's news every time we talk about NIL legislation in Congress, but it's fairly chaotic right now. In Congress, I mean, there are some big ticket items uh, in in front of that body that they can't decide on and can't move on. Uh, you're, I mean, I realize I'm guess. You're, I'm asking you to guess as an as a as a as an attorney and as a professor. Uh, but ultimately, uh, did you think anything anything that happens in Tennessee is going to affect Congress? No, I mean that's the truthful answer is no. I I, I don't. It's not this year. I don't think they're going to do anything this year. I mean. Look, they've got all, they have re-elections coming up. There's a, obviously a major presidential election where members of both parties are going to be joining uh, the, the nominee for each party. Their time is really going to be away from Washington, D.C. the further and further this year it goes on. So if they didn't already get this done, and I always say, if they didn't get this done in 2021 before those state NIL laws went into effect, they're not going to get it done. That was the time to do it. That was the time for Congress to act. They didn't. They waited. They punted. There have been a lot of hearings since, but nothing actually happens. I think the moment's already passed. Great stuff. Michael McCann, thank you very, very much. Michael McCann with the latest on the Tennessee situation and its uh, portending another uh, serious issue for the NCAA. We move on. A lot happening tonight uh, on our program as uh, we continue on. Pete Tamil will talk about the new uh, SEC Big Ten alignment. Stuart Mandel on the uh, dwindling power of the NCAA, as if you doubted that after our conversation with Michael. And the commissioner of the SEC, Greg Sankey, will join us to talk about the big news from last week. We have not heard from him. We will hear from him in just a couple of hours in your phone calls. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. 
So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted Hymns subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash Paul. That's H-I-M-S.com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash Paul. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. We are ready for your phone calls. It's already been a busy show with uh, Michael McCann. Thank you very much uh, for uh, for him being here. Let's get to Robert in Florida. Hello, Robert. Good afternoon. Hey, Paul. Thanks for taking. I've got a I'm maybe a couple of comments and then a question about the Dartmouth. The comments are regarding the NIL and the transfer portal. I don't really have a problem with NIL because it's basically allowed everybody to do what a lot of colleges have been doing to varying degrees, you know, without getting penalized for it and how much risk you want to take. And then the uh, transfer portal, I don't have any problem with, you know, if you graduated from college, you can transfer wherever you want. If your coach leaves, you can transfer wherever you want. But then why don't we just hold the athletes to the same standard we hold the coaches to? If they want to transfer, then if they've been paid something uh, to go to that school, have the school that's getting them pay that school back whatever they had to pay or to get that student in the first place. Does that make sense? Uh, I think it, it makes a lot of sense, Robert. Uh, it sure does. Okay. And then for the Dartmouth, really, you know, it's a national – Relation, Labor Relations Board or whatever another uh, bureaucracy that's unelected. The Supreme Court's been slapping those guys down quite a bit. But uh, if even say that we're, we're saying the NIL is separate from the university, right? Correct. The collectives. Right. So if they're saying those uh, student athletes are employees of the university, wouldn't the uh, members of the band be employees of the university or anybody on an academic scholarship also be an employee at a university or if you're on a work study you'd be an employee or your grad assistant or grad research assistant you're an employee at a university so everybody's going to be under that same umbrella right not just half. yeah I, I think that i think you are correct about that and, and that's really the the issue as you know uh i mean we're we're, we're trending toward that and and i i think i, I think that is the solution yeah, but it's just a matter of it's it's a matter of survival for the NCAA. Right, I think the NCAA is probably a done deal. And then take this down to the high school level. All your uh, high school governing bodies, with you know, I, I just got done watching that title film, uh, Rush Props, you know, the funny money and right, all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's gonna, you know, if they take that to court, what's going to stop? You know, what's going to allow them to regulate paying high school students? Uh. Assuming they're not already making money, which many are. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, thank you very much, Rob. Really, a, really a great uh, question there. Sandra in Austin, you're on the air. Hello, Sandra. Hi, Paul. It was good to talk to you yesterday and good to talk to you today. I thank just, uh, I had something that I wanted to say, and then I had a question for you. Sure. Um, I know we were on yesterday, and then that guy uh, from Houston called in, and he is absolutely right. If you ask anybody to pick their favorite cue, you ask 100 people, you'll probably get 120 different answers. But uh, he was right as well. Um, but Rudy's is good, too. No big deal. Um, not an argument. Just agreeing with him. Also, if you were serious about letting me uh, know when you're going to be here in Austin, I would love to bring you guys and your staff some uh, Round Rock Donuts. I don't know if you've heard of them. But I have not. They've been on the food They've been on the Food Network a couple of times. They've been listed as one of the top 10 donut places uh, in the country. So I would love to be able to bring those down if, if yeah, you let um, me know. We, um, as soon as we, we have not, I don't have, the, I don't have anything booked yet, uh, but we're, we're, not far, we're not far from getting there for one thing. And then there'll be another thing which uh, will be a little more not, uh, noteworthy. But I will definitely let you know, Sandra. That sounds great. That sounds great. Now I have my question. Sure. So is it too early for you to make a prognostication as to who you think first the national sleeper, the national sleeper team will be this year and who the SEC sleeper team you think will be this year? Well, I mean, let's start in the SEC. Um I have so many uh, I have so many schools bunched together that it's hard to uh, think about. Now, I am going to defer to you for a second because usually when somebody asks a question like that, they've thought about it. Do you have a sleeper for, in the SEC? No, I really don't want okay. your opinion. I'd so, I mean, what we're talking about, what we're talking about, I mean, because I, I think Missouri is, is, is got a chance to contend for the title, but I don't know if they're a sleeper considering that they – they finished in the top 10 this year. Uh, I like Missouri yeah. and Ole Miss to, to make a serious run. And I, mean, I, I have about five or six schools that are bunched together. So I, what I need to do is find one from the next group. And that would, uh, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, that, and that's where I'm having a hard time uh, right now because, I mean, Oklahoma might be one of them, but, but Oklahoma right now probably wouldn't be in the top five or six in the SEC based on what the experts yeah. are saying. Hmm, yeah. is, it, is it Arkansas with Bob Petrino? Us. Is it South Carolina uh, with a lot of chaos going on there and, and, a, and a revamped lineup? Is it, uh, I, mean, Ole, I mean, Ole Miss can't be a sleeper because they were a top 10 team as well. Uh, you know, right. Does Kentucky bounce back? Uh, I mean, th those are the kind of schools that we're talking about. I would probably guess Kentucky mm -hmm. if I had to pick somebody who, because uh, Kentucky did not have a good season. Uh, I, would, I would think Kentucky has a good chance of coming back and, and making a, a significant run, whether, uh, you know, they get to the upper. Right, right now, the hard part is the upper division is seven schools, but it's a crowded area. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. It's interesting that you said Kentucky because that didn't even cross my mind. But well, I, it, the reason why know, I mentioned I it is because they really tanked out at the end of the year. Uh, I mean, they won the bowl yeah. game, I think. Didn't they win the bowl game? I'm trying to remember. I thought they did. I, I've lost track of the season, but they beat Louisville. That's what they did. Uh, they beat Louisville, which was an upset, uh, and that really ended a, a bad run for them. Uh, Tennessee, I think, is a really interesting school, too, 
because they're not going to be picked in the top five or six, I don't think. And yeah, no. it, wouldn't, it wouldn't take a lot for them to advance to the next level. But, but I, I, I think what you, you can tell by my bumbling and stumbling, I don't have a good answer for you. <laughs> it's probably too early. Maybe I'll check in with you later in, in the next Well, I will, de- so. I will definitely be here. Hey, thank you very much, uh, Sandra. But Broderick is in Nashville. Hey, Paul. Hey, Broderick. We're doing well. Thank you. Hey, Paul, man, I wanted to talk about um, my job. My boss, man, he's a lifelong Georgia fan. Um, His name is Todd. We lost him um, last Tuesday when I got to work. You know, it was a really sad incident, and he was a lifelong Georgia fan. And I just wanted to shout out him and his family, man, let them know that uh, we miss him. We love him. Uh, everything's going to be all right. The Penny, Daphne, Douglas, Mandy, Jason, and Bailey, all of them, let them know we love them, man. So I just wanted to say well, I'm that. I'm glad you. So, uh, also, Broderick, you said, you said his name was Todd. Is that right? Todd Painter. Yeah, Todd. Okay. Yes. He loved your show, too, Paul. Well. Always listen. Me and him would do jobs, jobs together, and we would turn it on, man, just to listen at you, man. Well, I am so sorry to hear that news. And, and, and Broderick, I appreciate your call. And uh, we send our very best uh, and deepest sympathy to his entire family. I thank you for for sharing thank that. You, Paul. you bet. Uh, you be you be well. You take care of yourself. And we come right back as uh, we uh, transition to some more conversation about the Big Ten and the SEC. That's going to be a big t- topic. Pete Thamel next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Come back. Uh, we are joined by Pete Thamel now uh, to talk about uh, an issue that's going to be a big topic the rest of the day and rest of the year, perhaps. And that's the uh, joining together of the Big Ten and the SEC. We'll talk to the commissioner a little bit later. Uh, Pete, thank you for the time. Uh, try to put this into perspective. What does it mean and, and why now? You know, Paul, I think that the, the why now is a, is a really interesting uh, piece of this because it came, uh, the announcement came on a Friday on the precipice of, uh, of the meetings in Dallas of the, of the CFP. And I just think if you look at the landscape right now, the walls are closing in on big-time college sports. You've got the Dartmouth ruling. You've got the attorneys general 
you've got the House case, you've got multiple other antitrust cases, and for all the, you know, uh, verbal gumbo that got spewed from the Transformation Committee, they really didn't do anything. And I think this is two leaders aligned in the biggest conferences saying, we are not going to let others determine our fate. We're not going to let Eastern Michigan dictate what Michigan does. We're not going to let South Alabama dictate what Alabama does. We are going to forge, forge forward with our arms linked together. Not an alliance, Paul. We need to be clear about that. Um, but they are going to, uh, you know, as a joint advisory committee, I think, maybe group committee, whatever it is, um, they are going to try to set a path forward in, uh, in, a, in a landscape where paths have been elusive. Pete, uh, it's interesting that it comes now, but, but, it, but it's here. Um, based on people you speak with and, and with whom you rely heavily on, where would the most likely first impact be from these two? Well, I think the CFP is one, right? Like, just think of it from, uh, you know, from a from a perspective of those two uh, leaders who've had a you know vast majority of the uh, of the national champions the last uh, the, the last two decades, um, and you know should should the president of Washington State be able to hold up CFP multi billion dollar CFP business? Should unanimity be required from you know all the all the leagues and the presidents and the representatives? Uh, you know, what gives the Sun Belt the same say as the SEC or the MAC the same as the Big Ten. Um, so I think it shows up in governance. I think it potentially shows up in access, whether it's automatic bids or whether it's no automatic bids. And it's just a free for all of the of, of the top 12. And I think most importantly, you could see some leverage being used here to show up in monetary distribution for the six-year deal that's tagged on. So we have two years left on the, on the current TV contract. When that new six-year deal is forged, is there a new you know, monetary distribution structure? So um, it, you know, I think it's an inevitable byproduct of many, many of the biggest and best brands being clumped together in the biggest leagues. And certainly just splitting things evenly to the leaders of those leagues probably doesn't make a lot of sense anymore. And uh, expenses aren't going down, right? Even just the you know legal fees and such, as, as you see here, and uh, we can talk about settlement in a minute. But I just think like the, it it makes sense for them to be aligned. It never made sense for the Big Ten, Paul, to join the previous alliance with the with the ACC and the Pac-12 because it was almost an admission that we're aligning ourselves with you know an inferior collection of properties. Like that's just from a from a perception perspective and a business perspective, didn't make sense. And that was a defensive move, Paul. They were like, they were mad that the, the SEC took uh, Oklahoma and Texas, and they were mad that that happened as they were forming the 12-team the, the playoffs. So they, they, they tried to do it as a shot across the bow. That clearly didn't work, and it's now sort of a, a trope, right, the alliance uh, as, as it's looked at in the, in the landscape. It makes sense for – the SEC and the Big Ten, the Power Two, and look, we've been calling them Power Two on your show for a long time here, right, Paul? Um, this isn't this isn't some new verbiage. This isn't a mystery. This, 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 there have been a lot of signs that have portended this, and it's a little bit of here we are. Pete Thamel with us from ESPN. Pete, uh, you mentioned that alliance. A uh, big part of that was the ACC, uh, and and uh, of course uh, 
the, there's also the Big 12, which wasn't necessarily part of that. But what, what about the ACC? Uh, that's a once proud conference, or at least, at least it used to be. Where, where, where does the ACC fit into any of this? Or, all, or how, how do they fit into college sports now? Yeah, well, the ACC has a couple of those recent national championships, Paul, that, that weren't SEC or Big Ten, right? Obviously, uh, obviously, Clemson has two, and Florida State has one. You know, within the last uh, within the last two decades, and you know, it, the ACC is just at, at an interesting uh, inflection point right now. You have Florida State, you know, with the unprecedented move of trying to, you know, suing the league for the grant of rights, and the league preemptively suing Florida State. Um, it's just, it's, it's a fairly, like in a vacuum, it's a fairly wild scenario. Now it's been normalized because we had a year of drumbeat coming up for it to happen. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it will be interesting again, like, like a lot of things in college sports, we'll learn a lot more from the courts as that happens. I mean, look, I still think the ACC is a, is a vibrant part of the landscape. Um, it's just going to be, it's going to be interesting going forward, um, to, you know, like there's a pressure to keep up. Florida State has articulated that fairly uh, transparently um, from from their perception of uh, of where they need to be, where they need to be financially. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's interesting times because these two aligning, these two leagues aligning, Paul, sort of in, in potentially clearing paths forward. Um, you know, I think it pressurizes people to catch up. Pete, beyond the governess and, and, and the power part of it, uh, there was talk between in that, in that previous alliance of a lot of games and scheduling. Do you think that it will trickle down to anything beyond the governess and, and the power and, or the lobbying? Do you think there's more to this than we have heard already? Good, good question. One of the things we haven't really dove in, and I, I, I did an article uh, earlier this week on ESPN.com that gets into this some, is I, I think that in forging a path forward, revenue share has to be basically part of the path forward for college athletics, right? There's too many court cases indicating that this model isn't going to work. So sharing revenue with the athletes is going to have to be part of it. And one of the things that's being discussed by, I was told, between the Big Ten SEC and others is, do we try to settle, say, the house case and create a path forward where, you know, they obviously have to pay past damages and it's a lot, it's going to be a lot of money, Paul. Like these, this isn't, uh, you know, this isn't like a million dollar buyout for a coordinator. It's going to be a lot of money. But with part of that, we, they say, okay, we paid these past damages in retroactive NIL in the house case. Then we're also going to say how we rectify it in the future. We're going to give X percent of our TV revenue is going to be distributed to the athletes. And if you can, as part of a court order, sort of codify that. And again, this is some, theoretical right this isn't like gonna happen tomorrow but part of the discussion is if you can do that and sort of fix that part of it and and find a way to 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 do that wholesale do you then go to congress and do you say okay now we need antitrust protections Uh, the the line in my story that resonated um and i read it to a few others were writing was congress doesn't want to save us they want to help us and so right now there's a feeling that congressional action would be more saving and this is like okay we've figured out some of our problems now we need you to you know help us get to the finish line so again i, I want to stress this paul there, like there's myriad complexities right there's there's a lot of avenues and paths uh, i don't think anything is linear but i do know there has been a lot of time and discussion on some type of settlement 
forging a path forward in in how uh, you know how college athletics looks and works. Because the only thing that's certain, Paul, is things are not going to look the same in five years. But no one can tell you exactly what they're going to look like. Pete Thamel from ESPN. Always appreciate his time. We head to the break. Don't forget the commissioner will join us two hours and 20 minutes from now. We'll get to your phone calls right after this. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. And we're back. Let's grab some calls here. And Swamp Dog is up now. Good afternoon. Hello, Mr. Paul. Thank you for taking my call. Hey. I want to talk to you about what I heard. I was listening yesterday. I heard I-Man say something that I want to make a comment about. You know, a while back, you and I had a conversation about what's wrong with him and the disease that he has, uh, Sabinitis. He tried to use that word yesterday against an Alabama fan. And, you know, you can't have Sabinitis if you're an Alabama fan. That just comes from I-Man himself. He's got Sabinitis. Alabama fans have non-Sabinitis. I don't remember which fan he was talking to about it. But it's just impossible. He don't even understand the disease that he has. And he, like you said, there's no cure for it. You checked on it. And uh, apparently you're right because he's continuing. Even with Saban gone, he just can't let it go. Yeah, I mean, listen, Nick Saban's out there playing golf in Florida. He's in Phoenix today playing golf. Uh, and, and everyone is giving him space except I-Man. I-Man continues to be obsessed because Saban yeah. beat, beat I-Man's team so many times and broke his heart. And, you know, the, the old Larry Munson line, uh, you know, stomped his uh, – yes face with a hobnail boot, uh, hobnail he just boot. can't get over it. Yeah, I, I understand that. But try to get the men to talk about some music once in a while. That'd well, be, that's, more by, by the way, Swamp Dog, that is not any more interesting because, uh, I mean, he, he stuck at Woodstock, I mean, in 1969. He hasn't moved on. Bash is up next in Boulder. Bash Brother Paul, thanks for taking my call. Is uh, Bash Brother Randy in the studio today? Randy, uh, Randy is not here today. Ah, that's okay. Then I wanted to ask you a quick question, Paul, about tonight's game. Who do you think is going to win between the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Auburn Tigers? Uh, that would probably probably be the home team. You're going with the Auburn Tigers. All right. Do you care to make it a little interesting, like Swamp Dog said? I bet I Man's going to be calling here and 
talking all that nonsense about Auburn and how he he's going to say Auburn's going to win, and then when they lose, it's going to make every excuse of oh, the referees, of oh, the fouls, of oh, this and that. I, so, I doubt what sincerely, Bash, that I man even knew there was a game tonight. You're right. If he did, he would have already been promoting it throughout this week, but instead all he can do is just keep saying Nick Saban quit, all the bammers are saying Sabanitis, and like Swamp Dog said, it's pretty hypocritical for him to take his insult and defer it to the Alabama fans. Thanks, Bash. Appreciate the enlightenment. Uh, Alan is up next in Georgia. Hello, Alan. Hey, Paul. Thanks for taking my call. Thank I you. wanted to ask you if you know anything about what ESPN has got planned for your show for next year. Wow, that's a that's a that's a prickly question. I, I don't. Uh, all of us here at the show just hope it keeps running. Well, we do too. But now with this streaming service, are you up to date on what they're saying about it? Well, I mean, I know what you've read, uh, and, and it is a fact, uh, all the news overnight uh, about the, this new bundle. The, the SEC network is part of that, but I don't think it's going to affect anything you currently have. I think this is just another option to, uh, to and I haven't seen anything other than the press reports, but I don't think it will change what we do here every day. Well, I sure hope not. Uh do you think that it'll change anything Laura does? Alan, I really don't know uh, because uh, nobody, nobody, nobody that we work with has told us anything about it other than Well, they're it, already it redoing some of her voiceovers on the uh, ads on your, on your program. And no. also... What, 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 are, what are they the saying? Uh, is that, you're talking about the SEC uh, on ESPN? Is that, is that what you're hearing? Uh, well, the, one of them is where she used to thank the sponsors that carried, uh, that advertised on, on the SEC channel all year around for all the different sports. And now it's some guy that's, that's reading the same, the exact same information. Oh, okay. Well, I, I don't know that. Uh, uh, but really, I hate to keep, uh, I hate to act so unin, uh, uninformed, but, uh, but I think I am. Well, here's my problem with it. ESPN has screwed up so much lately. They've got game day to where I can't watch it. They've got Monday night football to where I watch it with the sound off. Uh, I'm just afraid they're going to continue wrecking things. Well, uh, I, I can't answer for the network. I mean, I understand what you're saying about game day, and there was another story out today about Herb Street that has a lot of Georgia fans upset. Uh, McAfee uh, basically told the Georgia fans uh, where to go a couple of months ago, and now Herb Street's involved in a controversy. Uh, but, but we don't really have any control over that. I mean, I realize we all work for the same company, but there, there are 7,000 employees at ESPN. Uh, I'm one of them. And fortunately, uh, and I say that because it, we are out of that main line of fire being down here uh, in the hinterland, so to speak. So I feel pretty confident about what we're going to be doing this fall in terms of this, this show. Uh, I haven't been told that anything is going to be different, but, but there are always changes. Uh, I think the, uh, the, the SEC Nation show is scheduled to be on at the same time. Uh, the only thing that would be different is that 
ESPN, ABC, SEC Network will have all the games as opposed to having to go over to CBS and suffer through uh, Gary Danielson. Well, I tell you what, as bad as he is, again, with ESPN uh, and these talk, talk, talk announcers, you know, give me a break. Who, who, uh, who are you, talk, who are you talking before. about? Anybody in particular? <laughs> well, the yeah, Troy Aikman and, and Joe Buck. Okay. Well, I don't think they're, they're I don't think they're going anywhere. The or the 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 channel that's got Tony Romo. I don't think he even takes deep breaths. Uh, the whole well, program long. Well, Alan, here's here's the bad news. Uh, you're stuck with Tony Romo for S- Sunday night Super Bowl. Uh, and I agree with I you. I, I, I have no idea how Tony Romo is, a, is allowed to be on the air. I mean, he clearly, he does not know what he's talking about. I mean, he used to his first year, but uh, I, can, I can't handle either, either one of those people, but that's just a personal opinion. Well, I, it, it just, it destroys, uh, to me, the, the, old, the, the old announcers, Paul Christman and, and uh, some of the old ones that I'll let you, they knew that you knew enough about the ball game. If you, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, I'm, I listen. I work here, but uh, that doesn't mean I like every everybody. I have to watch a football that's doing it. Hey, thank you for the call. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, more to come right after this. Thank you for listening to the best of the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Watch the Paul Feinbaum Show weekdays from three to seven Eastern on the SEC Network. Plus, you can listen and watch on the ESPN app.